0: And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back.
1: It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out The new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG.
2: This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults, With zero to 60 speed, that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash ev9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely.
1: Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is opening day reaction from what was a glorious day, let's be honest, for both the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. I I guess you could preface that by saying it wasn't so glorious if you're a Mets fan considering the news with Justin Verlander, but we'll get to that momentarily. Listen, the Mets win opening day, it feels like, year after year after year. The Yankees had as good an opening day as you could possibly hope for. In all seriousness. Now, if you were at opening day and it was cold and it was dreary and it was miserable, I didn't feel the least bit sorry for you because I'm going to be honest, I'm at Las Vegas right now. I'm at the way too early JJ bachelor party festivities five months before my wedding. So it was nice to be inside knowing that it was 40 degrees in New York City, freezing cold the Yankee Stadium. But the man of the hour, Mr. Judge, who... Every home run imaginable last year starts off the year with an absolute bang to dead center field against Logan Webb, a ball that has not landed. And that's what you love to see out of the Yankee captain. The Yankee captain chose to be here. I love the Yankee fans who had the Arson Judge signs out in right field. Job well done by them. That was absolutely fantastic to see. And it's like Judge was like, okay, I'm going to go set a tone. Boom, I'm going to pick up 2023 the way I left off 2022. Absolutely fantastic. Now, the other storylines that you'd be concerned about from a Yankee opening day perspective, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is going to have a monster year for the Yankees. There's not a doubt in my mind. He has been here now for multiple years. He is comfortable being a New York Yankee. I I think for anybody who had questions about, oh, can he handle the pressure? Can, can he handle the, the, the magnitude of being a Yankee? Well, I, I think he answered the question last year in the postseason because let's be honest, they would not have beaten the Cleveland Guardians if it wasn't for Garrett Cole in game one, if it wasn't for Garrett Cole facing elimination in, in game number four. And he was fantastic tonight against the Giants. I mean, outside of the first inning, he walks the leadoff guy. It, it was like strikeout after strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. After strikeout as he goes and sets an opening day Yankee record by the amount of strikeouts he had doing his thing against the Giants. What else did you like from a Yankee perspective? Anthony Volpe. And I know he didn't have a hit, but you saw the presence that he can have for this Yankee team. The walk he draws, he steals a base. I'm telling you right now, Volpe is not going to be overwhelmed by the idea of being a Yankee. He's just not going to be overwhelmed. He says the right things. He understands the market. I don't think the moment is going to be too big for him at all. Like, I I, I think Volpe's going to be fine. A- a- am I crazy to say that, folks? I think Volpe is going to be A-OK with the idea of how he handles being a New York Yankee. I think he's done triple A. Am I crazy to say that? Maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe I'm getting too caught up in the Jersey vibe and the New York Yankee vibe, whatever the case may be. I think he's going to be a okay being a Yankee. So I love the idea. He steals a base. He turns a double play. We're comfortable being shortstop at the New York Yankees. Bullpen does a nice job. Glaber and Glaber is interesting because I I I think we all understand. That he's kind of in a position where he's kind of on borrowed time as a Yankee. He is on borrowed time as a Yankee. If he does not play well, he's not going to be on the team in the long term. For him to get off to a hot start, it behooves him. Another guy, Donaldson, who had a hit today. It behooves him to go and get off to a hot start. But you get good work out of the Yankee bullpen. The pitching is terrific. Great way to start the season, as far as I'm concerned, with a win over the San Francisco Giants. Now, from a Mets perspective, before we bang out a bunch of calls and have a ton of fun here on opening day, I'll start with the negative, and I'll get to the positive. The negative is the Verlander injury. There's no beating around the bush here. That's a kick in the groin. That's a kick in the you-know-what if you're a fan of the Mets. They go and bring in Justin Verlander. The guy's the American League Cy Young Award winner. And the fact that even though he's going to continue to throw, the idea of hearing he's not starting the home opener, the idea of hearing that you're not going to see him for a couple of weeks, there's no other way around it. It's not good. Just like it wasn't good when you got the Severino news, just like it wasn't good when you got the Carlos Rodon news. It sucks. If I'm a Mets fan, the positive is I'm thinking long game. I'm thinking about the idea that, hey, the teams make the playoffs. This isn't about winning in April or May pennant. It's about winning in September. It's about winning in October. Hopefully, Verlander will be able to do that from your perspective. That's what you're hoping for. Now, as far as this game, I got to be honest. the Stake, to a 3-0 lead, he is mowing the Miami Marlins. When the Marlins go and tie the game, you're not feeling great. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. You're not feeling great. The good news is the Mets come storming back, and Nimmo hits the ball over the outfield's head and it ends up being the difference in the game. This is a big year for Brandon Nimmo. Remember, the Mets paid Nimmo a zillion dollars this offseason. Brandon Nimmo is no longer the feel good. Oh, he's a homegrown, let's root for this guy. No, 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 no. The Mets are paying him $140-plus plus million What does that mean? They are paying him to go and be a difference maker, to do exactly what he did today in wrecking a game. That's what you're paying for now. That is the expectation for Nemo move forward in that uniform be at the top of the order, draw walks, get on base, make shit happen, do your thing. That's what the Mets are paying Brandon Nimmo to do. The idea of all oh, Brandon Nimmo's a nice, no, 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 no. He's got to be a little bit better than a nice player. That's why today, great sign. Game-wrecking hit for the New York Mets. Fantastic. What else did you like from a Met perspective? The bullpen today. Without Mr. Trumpets, without Mr. Diaz, does an excellent job of shutting down the game. And I'm not saying that Robertson is going to be Edwin Diaz. It's borderline impossible, let's be honest, for a reliever to be as good as Edwin Diaz was last year. That said, I think the Mets will be able to pick up the slack. I really do. I think they will be able to get quality innings and quality work out of the bullpen. Robertson has closed games before. He's done it with the Yankees. He's done it with the White Sox. He did it last year in Chicago with the Cubs. I don't think the ninth inning is going to bother him at all. I don't think pitching in New York is going to bother him at all. You want to tell me the Mets beef up the bullpen? You want to tell me they go and add a couple of guys along the way? They might. And they should. Listen, Cohen's got the money to do it. They're a team that's trying to win a World Series. Great. Robertson, for the time being, I'm not saying he's going to beat Diaz, but I don't think the ninth inning will be a problem from a Met perspective. So, all in all, Yankee win against the Giants, Met win against the Miami Marlins, and a very happy and pleasant opening day. For us as New Yorkers across the board. All right. Well, you got a lot of calls to get to. I, I see you guys hot and heavy. I'm going to start first with our guy, Eric, who joins us here. Eric, the floor is yours. Take it away. Welcome in. How we doing, baby? DJ,
3: long time no talk, man. Hope you're having a good time out in Vegas.
1: Uh, Vegas was fantastic. The Cosmopolitan Sportsbook treated us well. Hit a, a run first inning bet with the Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Yankees were good to us. The Mets were not good to us. But I get what I deserve, Eric. You bet against the Mets on opening day; you deserve to lose.
3: I mean, you picked a great weekend to be out there with opening day, and then the uh, the final four this weekend. But I co-sign everything you said on the Yankees. Uh, I think Cole's going to have a monster year. I think, barring any injury, I expect him to be in the running for Cy Young. Uh, Judge with the home run, and then the you know the insurance run single late. You just love to see it. You know the the captain uh, position is going to treat him very well, and I love. The emotion that Glaber showed after hitting that home run because I think, you know, all the the writing is on the wall that they're probably going to try to move on from him with, you know, Peraza winning in the wings down in AAA, but you saw the emotion from him. And what I'd love to see is for him to make the decision really, really hard on Cashman. And, you know, if he gets off to a monster start, and you know, Donaldson is slumping, you know, I'd be really curious to see what they do.
1: Well, Eric, he's not going anywhere. I I think that's what it boils down to for Glaber Torres. If you're Gleyber Torres and you want to be a part of the New York Yankees and you want to stay here and you, at the very least, want to be a part of this team this year, go and produce. Eric, if he produces this year and he's playing at, let's say, an all-star level for the New York Yankees, you think they're going to trade that guy in the middle of the year? I don't think so. Do you? Well, should do so. And you you always want to
3: ride the hot bats. And... Glaber, you know, he's been streaky, hasn't necessarily lived up to the the top prospect height, but he can go on runs where he hits a lot of walk-offs or gets a lot of big hits. No one's ever, ever said that Glaber isn't clutch. So what I'd love to see from him, because I like him, is to get off to a really good start in April so he's not putting pressure on himself to hit the home runs or to kind of press offensively the way we've seen him when he's slumping. And let it, let's let's see how it works out for him, because I'd love to have him around.
1: Listen, Glaber Torres, go and make the most of your opportunity. Appreciate the call. As always, Eric, good start to the show. I love seeing him get off to a fast start here on opening day. Gleyber Torres has had a weird Yankee tenure because you think about the Baby Bombers. Sanchez, out of baseball. Clint Frazier, out of baseball. Greg Bird out of baseball. Miguel Andujar, wasting away with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like, That was supposed to be the next core of Yankees, right? It hasn't been. Glaber is kind of in the middle of what those guys are and what Aaron Judge is. You know what I mean? He hasn't had a bad major league career. He's been an all-star. You look at his numbers last year, they were solid. They were not bad for the Yankees. But I think with Glaber, because of the fact that he was getting compared to Acuna, and he was getting compared to Soto, and he was getting compared to these sort of guys, it kind of changes what the perception is around him. Does that make sense? We Yankee fans are not the world, and and I I understand why. Let's head to King Anthony, who is up next. King Anthony, the floor is yours. Welcome in. How we doing, baby?
4: How you doing, JJ? Sorry about that.
1: Anthony, I am doing great. All's good. What's up, man?
4: Oh, uh, great. No, I had a great day, too. My first
1: opening day at the stadium. Uh, wonderful. Wow. So set the stage for us, Anthony. How freezing was it out there?
4: It was extremely cold. And, and so if you were on the right side of the field where I was, you were in the shade. So what me and my brother did, we were up there in our seats for a few couple innings, and then we kind of went our way down into the outfield to the left side of the field and kind of walked around and get some sun. Uh, if you were in the sun... Of- Diabolical.
1: I like it, Anthony. You got to do what you got. Anthony, I had a similar story the opposite way. When I was at the Dolphin Texan game in November this year, my seats with my fiance were in the sun. We had great seats, but it was baking hot, dude. I mean, it was like 20 degrees hotter in the sun as opposed to being in the shade. And as opposed to you trying to find sun, we tried to go and find our way to shade, dude. That's... It just goes to, show, it goes to show you the difference between New York in April or March and, and Miami in November. But anyway, I'm glad you had a good time, man. That's fantastic.
4: Great, and I'll tell you what. You know, obviously we had to stay in our seats for the first judge at bat. We had to stay there to see Volpe. And I'll tell you what. If Judge had the biggest ovation, Anthony Volpe had the probably the second, but it was it was it was rivaling with the emotion and the ovation there. It was it was a big day for Volpe. And I'll tell you what. With this kid, you could tell right off the bat. First pitch swinging trying to make a statement and after that he still finds his way to work a walk and then steal a base and I agree with you I don't think the moment's going to get ahead of this kid I think uh he has his head on straight and he's a baseball player you know like this is a kid that you could just kind of tell that's ready to play ready to grind has the right mindset uh don't want to go ahead of myself but he he almost has these type of like professional jeter qualities uh early on in a young prospect that you like to see
1: Listen, I hate Anthony hearing the Jeter comparison just because it's so ridiculously unfair for Anthony Volpe, but I see where you're coming from with the idea that he belongs. You're not worried about New York and being shortstop of the New York Yankees being too much for him to handle. And here's what I know about Volpe. He's a guy that is athletic. If he gets on base... He's almost an automatic to go and steal second base, which, let's be real, that's a dynamic that has been missing from the Yankees for quite a while now. Anthony, I think we've seen the last of him in AAA. Now, stranger things have happened. He could go and get off to a dreadful two months, and the Yankees say, you know what, he's not ready. We got to give him a reset. We got to send him back down to AAA. I could be wrong on this. I'm going to predict it right now. I think Anthony Volpe is here to stay. That, that's my gut feel. I think he's here to stay. I
4: hope so, too. And, and and it would be very interesting if he did get off to a slow start to see what they do at that shortstop position, whether they, maybe they call it Peraza, they bring an IKF, that's going to be a little strange. I know the fans aren't going to really want that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Oh, Anthony,
1: they won't go down that road. You mark my words, my friend. They won't. If they're making a change at shortstop two months from now, it's for Peraza. Appreciate the call as always. They are done with IKF and shortstop. You want to tell me Icaf might get some burn, play a game at third base here, might play a game in the outfield there? I could see that. He's done at shortstop, as he should be. The great Mark in Kings Park, big Mets fan, joins us. He's ready to go. Mark, welcome in. The floor is yours. How are you, my friend?
0: I'm very excited for you in your bachelor party, man. Excited for what flies in front of you for the next couple months, man. So congrats.
1: I, I appreciate that. We got a ways to go. Wedding's not for another five months, but you know me, Mark. I want to make sure we're out on the golf course and we don't want to be sweating our asses off in June when it's 120 degrees out here, you know? You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. And, uh, you know, I wish nothing but the best, but uh, I am happy that you lost a couple of your met bets today, man.
1: Well, that's all right. Listen, I, you know what, Mark? You can mock me. I deserve to be mocked. I'm an idiot because I know one of the best bets in sports, year in and year out, it don't matter if the Mets are good. It don't matter if the Mets suck. They win on opening day. But I saw short money on the Marlins and the line moving down a little bit. And, and I was feeling my oats after the Yankees won the first game. And I said, all right, I'm going to take the dog. I'm a loser. What can I say, Mark? It was a bad bet. It was a bad bet.
0: Not, not only do you take the match, you parlay that up, which is what I did on top of that. So uh very profitable day. I even hit on the over for the uh, Rangers and Phillies, just rooting because they want... Well, to-
1: I was going to say, Mark, I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm glad that you brought that up. Did you get great satisfaction in your boy, the Grom, getting absolutely lit up by the Phillies?
0: Not only did I get great satisfaction, I mean, like, like no joke, I'm in probably at least 10 different text groups with Met fans. And my phone can stop beeping when, or, you know, like, whatever it does, when he kept giving up run. After run, after run. I mean, it was great. On one TV, you see the ground getting it up. On Another TV, you see the Mets just, just. I mean, doing their thing. I mean, it was a great opening day, man. And but I do gotta disagree with you with one thing. And normally in past years, I would agree with you, right? Is I'm actually not that worried about the Mets this year. I mean, even though I I did play as soon as DS.
1: No, but in fairness, Mark, um, me neither. Like I think they're a playoff team. I think they're a 90 plus win team. So I, I would agree with that assessment. But what do you mean by you disagree with not that worried about the Mets?
0: Just curious. So, for example, um, I don't think – yeah, of course. Could, the Mets have a lot more power, 100%. Vogelbach is, doesn't cut it in the power department in the least bit. We have always positioned second base. We don't hit for power. Like I understand that. And I know the analytics say that when you have Homer, the opposition, you have a much better chance to win. But with all these rule changes, man, I think, I mean, Marte stole a base today. I think Marte could easily steal 40 bases.
1: Well, I hope that he does. I I got news for you, Mark. I want to see Nimmo and Marte running like crazy for the Mets. There's no reason they shouldn't be. And and a guy like McNeil becomes that much more valuable with what he's able to do with putting the ball in play. How? uh, Mark, for what it's worth, he's my favorite guy in the Mets. It's not even close. I
0: love everything about Jeff McNeil's game. It's fantastic. I love the two man. I love the fire that it brings to the table, and um, you know, it just—it's funny that you also mentioned McNeil because um, he got screwed um out of the like I, I I understand the rule. I think it's stupid though. He got screwed as far as being the rule when uh when Alonso was kind of just just like gagging it back to first base, and they called a strike on McNeil because of a pitch clock violation. I mean, I like the pitch clock and all because I like these games going by a little faster, man. But fifteen and twenty seconds is just a little too fast. They got yeah,
1: that's gonna annoy you. But you know what, though, Mark, I got news for you. Though, for every situation like that, I will take what we saw today from the Yankees and the Mets playing games in sub three hours, where it was crisp, it was clean, it felt like the game had a nice pace to it. Mark, there's no reason that nine inning standard games should be going under four hours. Do you agree with that? Like that is absurd. That was it. Got to a point. And you, I, I think both of us are purists, right? Like we love baseball. It, it's it's in our blood. It's what we do. We watch night after night after night. But it gets to a point where if the game is four to two, and it is a standard nine inning game, and the game starts at seven o five and it's ending at eleven o five, something's going wrong there with that equation. You know what I'm saying, dude? So I. I applaud Major League Baseball for the pitch clock. I'm a fan of it.
0: I really am. I like it. Yeah, like so am I. Like I like it. I'm not saying that I don't. I'm just saying I would tweak it to move it back. Instead of 15 seconds, I'd do 20 seconds and 25 seconds with a runner at base, and I would get rid of it in two situations, bases loaded and in the ninth inning. I do not want to see runs being determined by a pitch clock violation or a game determined in the ninth inning. And it's going to happen. You just wait. It's definitely going to happen.
1: Oh, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And you saw today with Cole with the Yankees, he was about to have a violation, and he called Trevino out because he's like, hey, I'll use one of my mound visits as opposed to blowing it,
0: basically, give or take. Right. And, and as purists, right, as, as you and I just, as you just said that we both are, you don't ever want to see a game determined by a pitch clock violation. So they got to move it back. And one really other quick thing, man, um, you know, because you did mention it before, yeah, the Verlander thing really stinks and all. Um, it to me it's about the long game, like you were saying too, about making the playoffs. It stinks because, you know, you, I'm gonna be one of forty plus thousand Met fans there next
1: You wanted him starting a home opener. I Mark, I totally get that. Because listen, you brought him in, he's the shiny new toy. It's an F you to DeGrom. Yeah, man, absolutely you wanna see Verlander start. But you know this and I know this. It's not about this team or the Yankees for that matter, dominating April and dominating May. Who cares? It's about having these guys, especially now more, with the postseason format being the way that it is. You, If you don't have a healthy and an effective Justin Verlander in September and October, you're not winning a World Series. Simple as that.
0: And I found it really interesting on, and like, I love when you and Sao get together and you have, a, you know, like you do like a podcast, man, It's just gold. And, um, and when he was mentioning that, uh, that when he went down to Port St. Lucie, that between Buck and our GM, that, uh, that one of them said that, um, that they don't really, that not that, not that they don't care about winning the division, but the emphasis is on just getting there. They don't feel that kind of buy is really that beneficial. Um, I actually agree with that. And to me, it's just about getting in. And last year, Scherzer, there's no doubt, you know, that down the stretch, that he wasn't healthy. So to your point, yeah, to me, it's all about the long game. Make sure that Verlander and Scherzer down the stretch, they got to be healthy or else it doesn't matter if we win the division or not, because we're not going to win anyway. And we're going to go out, we're going to get another bullpen arm. We're not going to replace Diaz, but we're going to get someone who is, you know, who is who's a fair representation or that can hack it a knife. I actually went in and I hit the under on the 94.5 as soon as Diaz got hurt because, to me, without Diaz, they're going to blow a few more games. Um, I think they're still a 92-93 winning team, but to get to 95, man, without Diaz, man, that's going to be tough. What do you think? I'll hang up, man, and really appreciate everything. I hope we can see each other pretty soon, man. Oh,
1: Mark, I love it. Appreciate the support as always. Um, I think the Mets are right around that number. I actually think both numbers for the Yankees and the Mets are super sharp this year. I didn't bet either one. That's all you need to know. Because I think they're both kind of around low to mid-90s. So your difference, your plus or minus, to me, was not worthwhile enough to go and pursue it. I didn't bet either total for the Yankees and the Mets. Full disclosure. Didn't bet either one.
2: This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time and the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire! You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kids' education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower, what's next? Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
5: There's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prolog apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prolog to learn more.
1: Let's head to our guy, Andrew, who is up next. Andrew, welcome in. It's good to have you. The floor is yours. Take it away, sir. What's going on, JJ? How you doing, Andrew? Fantastic! Good to have you aboard. What's up, pal? Uh, not too much. Watched uh, both games
6: today. I'm a Yankee fan, but you know, you're you're the host of New York, New York. So I, I got to get your opinion on this. Where do you stand on you know the Carmelo Anthony split hat, half Yankees, half Mets type of people that like both?
1: Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, and listen, this is coming from a guy who works at Sny. So I will admit it is good for business when the Mets do well. And I have a lot of, you know what it is, Andrew, when you work at a place like s and you make a lot of friends and you want them to do well and you build relationships in that way. So like by no means am I saying that I want to see the Mets have a terrible season. I want to see the Mets going to the playoffs. I want to see them do well. But the bottom line is you have one team. Like if you are a fan legitimately, which I am, which you are, and which everybody is who's listening right about now, at least I believe that they are. You have one team. You're a Yankee fan or you're a Met fan. You're not a fan of both teams. You're, you want to tell me, all right, it's New York, and if the city does well, you're okay with that? Fine. But no, 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 no. You're a Yankee fan or a Mets fan. 100% agree.
6: Okay, good. I just got to I gotta get that off my chest because, you know, I, I've met fans' friends, and I'm watching the Mets today, and, like, I'm not rooting for them, but it's like, I don't want to see them do bad. I want both teams to make the playoffs, and then I want the Yankees to, you know, snap the neck when it, when it really counts.
1: Oh, 100%. Listen, the idea that, oh, if both teams make the World Series, I'm okay either way. No, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. And I'll admit this. I'll be going and asking why. If the Mets ever beat the Yankees in the World Series, I'm a man of honor. I would go and do the show. I would honor my commitments. And then I would go to an island in, in Hawaii or, or Aruba or wherever where I turn my phone off for like five days because I wouldn't want to deal with a parade and this and that. Trust me on that. Trust me on that. That's a guarantee.
6: Book, yeah, make sure you book two tickets because I'll be right there with you. Um, nice now, I wanna, Okay, well, there you go. So, yeah, uh, what I wanted to ask, a couple things I wanted to say. One about the Yankees, one about the Mets. The one about the Yankees is it just was so freaking awesome to see Aaron Judge hit a home run today in his first at-bat. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like there's just this, you know, you kind of have this lingering doubt of like, is he going to be able to do the same thing that he did last year? So just to see him get that you know, Maybe not even a monkey off his back, but just to see him hit that first home run, just awesome as the first at-bat as Yankee captain to see it go dead center, first at-bat of the year.
1: Oh, 100%. And look, Aaron Judge knows that he's going to be defined by what he does in the month of October. He's already proven he's an elite, all-time Yankee. Now, I'm not going to say he's Ruth or Gehrig or DiMaggio or Mantle. He's not. Or Jeter, for that matter. He's not until he starts winning the hardware. Regular season, I mean, Aaron Judge has won an MVP. Let's be honest, he should have won two MVPs if it wasn't for cheating out in 2017. And he's been an exemplary regular season Yankee. Aaron Judge is going to put up numbers assuming he stays on the field. He needs to do it when it counts, Andrew. And unfortunately, last year, he wasn't alone in this. Nobody hit against the Houston Astros. They embarrassed the Yankees every which way. They are the Yankees' daddy until I see otherwise. That is looming over Judge. He's smart enough to realize that, but he is the captain of the team. It is different now. You know, last year it was, hey, got to bet on himself. Is he going to be here? Andrew, I said it all along. There's no way in the world he's going to leave. I was 100% right on that. Even with Arson Judge, he was never going to leave the idea of being a lifelong Yankee. But he's got to. Do it when it matters. It's great. Opening day home run. Amazing. I'm rooting for the guy. It's amazing to see that he's going to be a Yankee for life. But he's got to do it in the month of October. Bottom line.
6: Fair point, JJ. Uh, One last thing about the Mets, and then I'll let you go. I saw that that Buck Showalter said that he's not going to name a closer. and, And that was before Robertson went out there today and shut the door. I just, is that like posturing? Like, I don't get it. Like, Robertson is clearly the best guy for the job. Why wouldn't he just come out and give him the job right away?
1: Um, that's Buck posturing, to be honest with you, Andrew. Appreciate the call as always. That's Buck in a nutshell. Buck's not going to give you much. Buck speaks to the media every day. And I love Buck. He's been on our show. He's done the media gig. He's a yes forever. He's good on television, by the way. Buck's really good on TV. Like, there are certain guys that are good on TV. There are certain guys that are just not put out to do TV. You don't want me to go through the laundry list of guys who are good on TV and not good on TV? I mean, I, I could do that all day. Because there are certain guys, you see him on TV, like, nah, nah, not a TV guy. Buck is amazing on television. You know who's great on TV? Girardi. Like, if yes, I, I don't know what the relationship is there with yes, because, listen, but let's call it what it is. Girardi got screwed by the Yankees. We all know. it. He got screwed by the front office because he's he's not, you know, he's too, he's too hard on the guys. He was too hard on Gary Sanchez, even though Gary Sanchez had the best two years of his career under Joe Girardi. But it was Girardi's fault that Gary Sanchez couldn't play. But anyway, anyway, I digress. Buck doesn't want to give anybody anything. Robertson is a proven closer. He's done it in New York. And like... If they want to go and upgrade there down the road, they can. If he wants to play matchup, he can. Like, You know, it's one of those instances where Buck's not going to give the media anything. And part of me likes that. I'm not going to lie. Part of me likes it. We head to the great Kenny in Staten Island, who should be in Las Vegas right now for what it's worth. But he's not. I miss you, buddy. How are you, Kenny? What's
5: going on, JJ? Listen, I wish I was out there, but I'd be out there next month. Otherwise, I would have been out there um
1: listen good st- Kenny I'm at our old stomping grounds at Peoria right now I'm looking out at the strip as we speak
5: yeah I'll, I'll be uh at the Bellagio uh going down uh you know coming across April 26th be out there for four nights the usual list
1: so you will be out there during you will be out there during the NFL draft
5: I will be there the 27th is the draft
1: fantastic we'll see if your boy Rogers is the jet by then he's got
5: to be you know and uh I spoke to Joe B yesterday, and he keeps saying it's the Jets. You never know what's going to happen. They'll find a way to screw it up, but we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. uh, With the baseball today, Uh, got off to a good start. I know you're at the airport. I shot you a text. Yankees in the under.
1: Oh, Nice play. And and by the way, what we should have done is we should have loaded up on Webb and Cole with the strikeouts, man, because they hit that like there was no tomorrow, man. I mean, they hit that easily, dude. Easily.
5: So I'm when I was actually in Atlantic City today and I'm I'm watching the Yankee game. They got the TV on. I'm at the blackjack table. Took a little bit of beating there. But I said to myself, All right, I'm going to hit this parlay. So, uh, you know, things even out. So you, I get off the blackjack table, go cash my ticket over at the sports book there and then uh, put another ticket in on the Mets. My Mets. The, listen, I'm not worried about the Mets. Uh You know, I know the injury to Verlander, but just make the playoffs. Look what the Phillies did last year, you know? The Phillies were basically a blip on the schedule for the, uh, basically, the the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets. They all ran away with it, and here come the Phillies, and they wind up in the World Series. I just want the Mets' pitchers to be healthy coming down the stretch. Make the playoffs. I don't care if you got 85 wins, 95 wins. The Phillies proved it last year. It doesn't matter. Because you know the Mets at the All Star break, uh, they, they're gonna be all in on Otani. Uh, and I only did two season bets this year. I took the under in the Texas Rangers and the under in the Angels. I took because I think uh, Seattle and Houston are gonna beat up on them in that division. So I went.
1: So like I agree, I agree with you on Seattle. I think they're gonna be really good. The Astros did the Astros. You don't like Texas this year? I like Texas this year. Okay? No,
5: I think that number's set because they think the Grimes gonna win 15 games. And, you know, I love the ground, but I know we got lit up today. I just don't.
1: But they did add. They added Bochi, They added Evaldi, They added Heaney. And they mashed, dude. I'm with you on the Angels. I think the Angels are a bunch of frauds. Every year, people try to talk me into the Angels. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I'm down on the Angels. And, and some baseball people were trying to tell me, oh, they're better than you think. They added some nice depth pieces over the last, you know, couple of months with the young guys. I don't buy the Angels at all. I'm right there with you. I think they go under. Never. Never. I'm right there with you. I'm not a big trout guy. I
5: think that this guy never puts the team on his back. You know? He never puts the team on his back.
1: You know what, though, Kenny? Here's the problem with that, though. It's baseball. That's really hard to do in baseball. You know what I mean? Like, how many great... Kenny, how many great guys in baseball? I know Judge did last year, so people are going to say, hold on a second, Aaron Judge put the team on his back and... You know when the Yankees were slumping in August, he kind of propelled them through. But like, what about Ernie Banks? What about Don Mattingly on all those crummy Yankee teams? You know what I mean?
5: Example: Cespedes, 2015. That August, he had
1: he did. That's fair. That's fair. However, that team that team also had elite level starting pitching, though Kenny did it not?
5: But the, the Cespedes, was so always, Cespedes was always there with that three run homer. It was always there. You know, when you put
1: this. Yeah, and if you want to tell me that's a knock on Trout, you know what? Fine. But, like, listen, Trout's numbers, and, and this is what it comes down to to me. Pretty sure, as always, Kenny, they kind of speak for themselves. Over the long term, come on. You know like The guy has put up big numbers for a long period of time. The issue for Trout is he's put on a lot of losing teams. He has. He's put on a lot of losers. Uh, I'm not going to fight you on that. And you're not wrong on that either. You're not wrong. Uh, let's head to the great Charlie and Elmhurst. He's up next. The the floor is yours, Mr. Elmhurst. Hello.
7: Hey, JJ. So, uh, excuse my voice. Uh, I got one small apology and that uh, one call to hit. Uh, I endorse anybody. If anybody, I, I endorse people to like lay the Milwaukee bucks, minus two and a half or three and a half. Uh, my apologies.
1: I saw that tweet. I'm glad I didn't take it to be honest with you, Charlie. I didn't. Cause I didn't, I didn't bet the game. I didn't bet any NBA. I'm, Right now, sweat out the White Sox who can't score a damn run against the Astros. That's what I'm sweating out right now.
7: I think uh, Bill from Los Angeles put on the, the parlay, on the, the Osbos parlay. Uh, that didn't make, even make the prime time with the Red Sox. <laughs> well,
1: listen, the Red Sox, you know, you got a little scare there though. They scared the Orioles a little bit late in the end of the game, you know?
7: Yeah. Yeah, but it's bottom line it and it, it's so. But anyway, be-
1: it was a loser. So, fair enough. A loser is a loser. Understandable. I get it.
7: Uh so on the Yankee side, uh excuse my voice. I don't know why I'm losing my voice. Uh
1: Were you at the game today, Charlie? I'm going to assume you were at the game today.
7: I was on duty. Uh it was rocking. Uh it was like whole hum drama-free opening day It was nice to see. And I think a couple things I noticed, of course, Judge had a good good start. And I like Volpe's first at bat. Uh that that was good uh sign. And the hits will come. And I just love the energy at the at the stadium, and people are in And he got the most hand in terms of ovation. He had the most hand. And
1: you would say Volpe got the bit you would say Volpe got the biggest ovation out of anybody tonight.
7: So more than Judge. More than Judge.
1: Wow, okay. Okay, fair enough. I wasn't there, so I'll trust your judgment on that. Okay. And in terms of, like, the guy who I
7: really love today was Cole. Like, I think Cole is the type of guy who I think he's poised to have a big season. Last year, we, you know, we, you know, salty on him with a, on a home run ball last season by come through in the playoffs. This year, I...
1: Oh, Charlie, that's what it boiled down to with me with Cole. Cole shut everybody up with those two starts against Cleveland. And let's be honest about this and give the yes guys credit because they ripped Boone for this in the Astros series. And you and I both know, Charlie, they were going to lose to the Astros regardless. They were not as good as the Astros. They were thoroughly outclassed by the Astros. Aaron Boone taking Cole out of game three of that series was embarrassing. There's no other way around it. That was typical analytics geeks that were trying to tell him, oh, well, Trevino has got a pitch against six, seven, eight. so no matter what in the sixth inning, Lou Trevino's got a pitch against 6'78. It was a joke. And I give my guys credit. They were great on the postgame. We talked about it in October. Kay, Flaherty, uh, Curry, they were all over it. It was embarrassing managing from Boone. But Cole is gonna have a monster year. Cole's comfortable being a Yankee. He's been through this rodeo now a couple of years. He's due to go and give you a Cy Young type of year. I think we're gonna get it this year. I really do, assuming he stays healthy. I agree. Oh.
7: Oh, absolutely! Out of the rot out of this ro Yankee rotation, Cole's the one guy I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really out big leash on, and uh, I'm gonna be, he's gonna I come through. I'm gonna, I know what he's gonna, uh, you know, expect from him, and they you will know, come through, uh, come through and perform. So, to, uh, besides Cole, I mean, I mean, because I than not Cole, I mean, I got a little like concern with starting pitcher, but not Cole. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to piggyback little uh pivot on the topic, uh. I saw that Julius Randle is re-evaluating in two weeks uh in terms of that uh I know uh brunson is the best player on the team but you you're not i mean how do you get uh what is the problem it's gonna be is like he I mean, he played every single game and replacing twenty five points per game score that is uh problematic uh I know it's gonna he's it's gotta be like you know close when it comes to like getting ready for the playoffs and everything but yeah, I mean that's not what you want. Not what you want with Randall. Well,
1: I'm glad that you brought that up because I wanted to get to it, Charlie. Good call as always, baby. Um, that was a good win for the Knicks yesterday. Quickly was money. Quentin Grimes was money. They got nothing out of Bronson. They got nothing out of Barrett. And Randall goes down with the injury. Randall's frustrating, but if the Knicks are going to beat Cleveland in the first round, he has to play. There's. No other way around it. They will not be Cleveland if Randall does not play. It's as simple as that. So sprained ankle, you figure he's got two weeks hopefully to get ready and get right. I said this on SNY last night. I don't think the Knicks would be in the Cavaliers in the first round. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I think they can. They can win a first round series. Will they win a first-round series? It's a much different conversation. I think Vegas would agree with me. I think Cleveland would probably be minus 155, minus 165 against the Knicks. Assuming, of course, Cleveland has home court advantage. And I'm putting no stock in what you see tomorrow night. Zero. But that was the ball for the Knicks. There's no other way around it. Uh, Let's hit the Joe, who's up next. He joins us here after this uh, glorious opening day. Joe, welcome in. How we doing, baby? Yeah,
5: how you doing, man? Enjoy yourself in Vegas. Please come back in one piece. We
1: need you. <laughs> you know, I've heard that from like 10 zillion different people. We will try. The good news is we're spending some time on a golf course tomorrow, uh, you know, and we'll spend a little time on a golf course on Monday. But i that's the idea, Joe. We'll try, bro. We'll try. But thank you.
2: I just want to know what you thought of the pace of play. Like, just myself watching today, I said, you know what? I really feel like I want to go to more games this year. I don't have to worry about coming home at midnight and getting up for work. It's such a pleasure. Now you feel like, okay, I can go to a few more games. I I guarantee you attendance is going to be up this year. This will definitely have a good effect on the game. The pace of the game was great today. I don't have to watch Donaldson fidgeting with his gloves or his bat 400 times. I was very happy, and I just want to know what you felt about it.
1: Oh, I love it. Joe, we are in full-fledged lockstep agreement, baby. Excellent call. Excellent point. I love the pitch clock. Love it. And this is not just coming from a guy who's got to watch baseball night in, night out. I love baseball. And I consider myself an old-school baseball kind of guy. I do. There's no reason a nine-inning baseball game should go four hours and change. None. Standard games. I'm not even talking about 15-13. That's wacky, weird, and off the beat path. A 4-2 game should not be four hours, right? Good on baseball. I give this commissioner a lot of shit. And a lot of it is justified. He is a 1,000% right with this initiative. 1,000% right. I can't stress that enough. Love the pitch clock. Love it. And if it costs the Yankees or the Mets a game, well, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. But I am right there. Full-fledged, lockstep agreement. Let's take one more before we say goodbye. And you know who it is. The legend himself, the great Jeff Money. The four is yours, Money. Take it away, baby. So, so you know already what I
4: had today? I had the Mets. I had to sweat it out a little bit, hit that one. But the other game is, I don't know if you're going with I got the Mariners. You know, I got the Mariners. We got the pitching over there, over against Guardians.
1: That'll be a good one. I actually am going heads up with you in that game. I kind of like Cleveland myself, so somebody's got to win.
4: Oh wow, you went heads up with me on both. You went up with the Marlins game. Also, you had the Marlins, you said, right?
1: Well, I didn't bet. I didn't bet the. I didn't bet the Cleveland uh, Seattle game yet, but I am leaning Cleveland. I, I'm I'm hopeful that I could get Chicago in right now. as a nothing nothing game with Houston, uh, which would be a nice hit if I could get Chicago home.
4: Yeah. Now, the uh, what about the uh, final four? I guess we'll talk final four since uh, next time we have the... Uh...
1: Well, I guess we can, considering that it is a Thursday pod. Jeff Money, I think this might be my futures talking, brother. But I am rolling with both Florida teams on Saturday. I am taking Miami plus the points. I am taking Florida Atlantic plus
4: two. Oh, we're going. So we're splitting. I like uh, San Diego State, and I like. I'm going with Miami.
1: All right, so I got your heads up. I got you one of the games. I'll take that, Jeff Money. At least I got you supporting one of the games.
4: Yeah, I'm going with the two teams that beat the Big Boy—one to beat Houston, one to beat Alabama. So I'll flow with those two teams uh, that beat the Big Boys, and we'll see how it goes with uh, with that. Then you know.
1: Well, Jeff Money, listen. I hope with this wacky and weird and very bizarre Final Four, appreciate it as always that we find ourselves with two outstanding games and. The fact that that UConn line has not budged at all off of five and a half, hmm, telling, very, very, very talent. And remember, Jim Laranega, right, took down UConn many moons ago, back in 2006 with George Mason. Can he go and do it again with the Miami Hurricanes? The crazy thing about this tournament, folks, and this is NCAA tournament basketball in a nutshell, Drake was up seven points, five minutes to play against Miami. Florida Atlantic was a hell ball a from losing to Memphis. Yet here we are, both are playing in the Final Four. You got to get a break or two. Got to get a break. I am actually more confident Miami to cover the number than I am Florida Atlantic. Because San Diego State has kind of screwed me on a couple of occasions. I had Creighton, as you guys know. That did not go well. And I'm not even bitching and bellyaching about the call. I'm really not. You know what? It was the right call. It was a foul. Like, I'm not even one of these guys saying, oh, woe is me. Creighton deserved to win. San Diego State was the better team, pound for pound in the second half. They were the better team. San Diego State plays defense, but that Florida Atlantic team, they played a similar style against Tennessee. I think they'll be ready for it. I really do. I think they're winning on Saturday. Now, again, I have 16-1 with Florida Atlantic. Got it before the Sweet 16. I have Miami, the ridiculous number. So, say a prayer on that one. That's a lottery ticket, you know? But I'm looking forward to the final four. It's weird. It's wacky. It's off the beaten path, but I'm looking forward to it. Great job across the board here on Twitter Spaces. Remember, we'll have a lot more of these coming throughout the course of the baseball season. Stefan, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous job as always. We will have a mini-pod Sunday. We'll see what kind of shape I'm in Sunday after a couple of days in Las Vegas. But a mini-pod after the Yankees and Mets. Recap the weekend. Recap the Final Four. A little Nick Cav on Friday night. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. JJ out. Be good, everybody.